The following podcast contains strong language and adult themes and is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Behold, Behold. the annals of pestilence. The stories you're about to hear are not real, though they contain elements of the truth. The tales herein might entertain you, cause you to smile, or perhaps cry, or something else entirely. Because this anthology of narratives, some of them connected, others less so, acts as a door to another realm. You are about to board an interdimensional cruise ship en route to comedy, tragedy, and unspeakable cosmic horror. This one-way journey is powered by existential dread and nervous laughter. Once boarded, there is no turning back. The stories you are about to hear are an infection, a narrative Contagion, the word virus. Season 2, Punk Rock vs. the Lizard People, The Exile. Versus the Lizard People is currently available in its unabridged entirety as a novel by Joshua S. Porter. Order the book today on Amazon.com. This story references songs available on playlists through Apple Music and Spotify by searching Punk Rock versus the Lizard People. Part 2. The Exile. To survive a war, you gotta become war. John Rambo. Rambo. First Blood 2. Mod Log 8. Return of the Roommate. Three days left on Earth. Swearing under my breath, I rummaged through the fridge gathering up any loose produce I could find. Some celery hearts, baby carrots, half a tomato, a shrink-wrapped head of lettuce. I arranged the groceries on a He-Man TV tray my mom had given me a few years prior. When I'd asked why, she'd shrugged and said, To eat while you watch TV. Doi. Ascending the attic stepladder with one hand balancing the packed tray was no simple undertaking, and I'd lost half the tomato in the process. Its wet, open face was now speckled with carpet fuzz and an anonymous long red hair. Becky, I sighed, using my index finger and thumb like tweezers to clinically remove the offending hair. Having found Isaiah still in my shed late that night, convincing him to stay was relatively easy. Now he was back at marble madness. Given that the game involved guiding a marble down a system of steep ramps and around geometric obstacles, I never understood the grand appeal. For whatever reason, Isaiah sucked absolute balls at Marble Madness. Before I had the chance to clear my throat, his marble rolled over a ledge to its death, and Isaiah grabbed his head as though he'd just received word that a loved one had been killed. Dude, play something else. Isaiah went on, clutching his frustrated skull. Did you get food? Yes, your majesty, 
I said, plopping the tray down next to the TV where, on the screen, another marble plummeted to its death. Remind me why I've just gathered a small salad bar for you. Humans, he began, picking through the options with a curious claw, are one of the only evolved species in the galaxy that happily opt for the suffering of another intelligent creature for the sake of appetite. What the hell, man? I've just presented you with a platter of every vegetable in the house and you're judging me? How am I supposed to tell my mom I had a craving for celery, carrots, lettuce, and half a tomato? Tell her you made a salad, lame brain, he said, crunching loudly on a baby carrot. And you can put that fuzzy tomato back. He gave it a disgusted flick. What are we doing? I asked. Why are you here, dude? I'm finally listening. What is your big plan? Isaiah rose to his feet, impressing upon me our difference in height. He was dressed the same as before, a crimson cloak and cowl, veil of dangling gold chains across his reptilian snout. You, Isaiah began, voice thick, you are prepared to conspire with the historian, yes? I shrugged. I wouldn't call it conspiring. I read his messages. I conspire with the historian as well. A pregnant silence passed between us. Well, great. I shrugged again. So here we are, a couple of conspirators. What now? We act. On what? Against the Escaromec. Another pause. The Escaromec? I say I nodded. I don't know what that means, I said. The Escaromec is an Emi Conquest scroll. It means the final heresy. What does it say? It details the plot against the lesser worlds, against Earth. I went on staring at him for a moment, then raised my eyebrows and shook my head as if to say, Well, go on. Isaiah reached up and drew his cloak up over one shoulder, revealing a thin but muscled green arm. There was a canvas satchel drawn around his shoulder. He retrieved the book-like computer device from within the bag. Closed, the device looked like a small tablet of gray marble. With his dragon-esque index finger, Isaiah drew an invisible design on the outer surface of the closed device, and a simple melody sounded from inside. Three notes played on something that sounded like a vibraphone. With hands on either side of the tablet, Isaiah opened the computer, the soft glow from within bathing his green face in dull white. Again, he manipulated the device with a single finger, sweeping, curved strokes, then button-mashing jabs. Extending the open tablet to me, I looked down over the screen to find a series of indecipherable emi glyphs. In another moment, a holographic projection appeared hovering over the surface of the outstretched screen, a star map of some kind, a large moon or planet rotating at its center. A synthetic voice played over the image. Their task is simple. Enslave the lesser life forms. Absorb them into APEP. Take what they do not deserve away from them. Now that I have initiated this correspondence, time will be limited, as will the means by which our dangerous mission must be carried out. Make no mistake, the road ahead is a frightening one, to bring Memra down from his seat of power and to overthrow the lizard people. Then the voice fell silent, the image flickered out of sight, and Isaiah closed the tablet. It's from the last letter, I said. 
the last letter from the historian, I think he speaks of the final heresy. The S. Harry Mech thing? I asked. It's the S. Caro Mech. And yes, I say I said. I happen to know for sure that the Syad has compiled several large fragments of the document and is using them in their plot against Earth. So? So we find it. Expose them. Wait, wait, I said. We show people some old, crusty, alien papyrus and suddenly they'll believe in our wild conspiracy theory? I say I shrugged. It's enough to begin the revolt, but it isn't enough to complete it. So what good is that? If this historian character is planning some kind of revolution, what good is a start without a way to finish it? There are two problems, Isaiah said, stepping closer, his tone suddenly more severe. The first problem is that Eskaromek must be read by human eyes to expose the truth, but no human has ever successfully read the document. What, like we can't read Emi? Humans are capable of reading the Emi language, but the few humans who have read the Eskaromek have all died. Reading it killed them? Sort of, I say I shrugged. Ten years ago, two human Syed scientists stumbled upon several pages of Eskaromek while attempting to debug encrypted lines of NARS code. The first scientist completed the reading, then walked quietly to the twelfth-story window and hurled himself headlong onto the pavement. Damn, I said. The second scientist had it worse. He wandered straight down to the mechanical engineering floor, leaned over in front of an industrial drill press, and brought it down on his own temple. Damn, I said, more emphatically this time. Hasn't anyone else attempted to read it? One other Syed scientist... A guy called Stuart Raffle was employed for his expertise in tracking the origins and sources of complex codes, transmissions, and even ancient texts. Raffle was involuntarily entered in a clinical trial that, among other decoy tests, involved reading short passages of Eskaromek aloud in a containment room. No way out, and nothing inside he could use to kill himself. So, what happened to him? He's nuts now. They keep him locked up at the center in Vancouver. I heard that he could never make it through a full reading without screeching and flinging his body at the wall or punching himself or something. They kept it up for months until his mind was essentially tapioca pudding. The guy is catatonic. Okay, well, so much for this historian guy's big plan, right? If the whole thing hinges on a human reading a book that kills humans, I'd call that checkmate. These were earth scientists, untrained, unprepared. They had no idea what they had stumbled upon or how to understand its implications. So you give some humans a pep talk and an instruction manual and hope for the best? I asked. Not a pep talk. We teach them to read with Emi eyes. And not an instruction manual, but training. We draw them out of their human context and into an Emi context and prepare them to guide their minds to prepare for the impending revolt. And how exactly do you get these imaginary human volunteers in an Emi context? Isaiah smiled, a long, slow-spreading grin that revealed dozens of curved fangs. That's the second problem. To train, we must go to Gaina. Gaina, 
I pronounced dramatically. You want to take them to a planet somewhere on the outskirts of the galaxy just to read a damn paper? Not to read, to train. On Gaina, they will be trained for revolution. So what? Even if someone trains for revolution, we've still got no one to read this mysterious murder book. I'm still working on that part, Isaiah admitted. At least they will be prepared for what follows when we figure out the Escaromec. What's all this they-will-be talk, huh, Isaiah? You're hiding in a teenager's attic, eating all his damn lettuce, man. I don't see any recruits. You said you were listening. Well, listen to this, Danny Thomas. You think you know tragedy? You and everyone you've ever loved will soon know tragedy you cannot yet fathom. This is it. No Luke Skywalker is coming to sort this out. Either we do something or we sit back and wait for the end to come. I thought for a moment. If you think about it, I said calmly, I'm kind of like Luke in this story. Just an ordinary moisture farmer invited by a mysterious stranger to join a rebellion. Dude, I say I countered. That's like a million stories. Still, it's pretty punk rock. You and I aren't enough. We need the others. What others? My friends? Maybe we can get one or two of them to listen to us, but most of those guys will never believe a word of this. I'm not sure I believe it. Well, at least one of them will, Isaiah insisted. What? Who? He looked over my shoulder and acknowledged something behind me. When I turned around, I could see the look of fearful shock on Emma's face, her head peering into the attic. proliferation of the word virus you can support our efforts via patreon.com slash the word virus lure others to infection by sharing the word virus via social media on twitter at the word virus and instagram at spread the word virus and at the word 